Hello, I'm Clive Nash. Welcome to Let God Speak. Sometimes we try to change ourselves by buying a new outfit of clothes or getting a new hairstyle. When our Australian male football stars go to a sports tribunal for an alleged on-field offence, they wear a suit and look as smart as possible. These outward changes do not change who we really are on the inside. But can Jesus Christ change us from the inside out? He surely can. Follow our discussion as we discover more about radically changed lives. On our panel today, we have Hannah Nakagawa and John Cosby. Good to have you with us, Hannah and John. Thank you. Uh, but before we begin our discussion today, let's take time to pray. Our loving Father in heaven, we just ask that you will guide us in our discussion today. Bless not only us here in the studio in this panel, but also those who will be listening and those who will be viewing this program. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to be spending a bit of time in Ephesians chapter 4 today, and I'd like to begin by reading verse 22. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 22 says this, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. This old man or old self, uh, John, what's the trouble with what Paul calls the old man? <laughs> It's the old man that's the problem. But when you use the word old self, that is a far more easily understood concept. And that is that we live a life and it is without God. But once you take God on board, then your old self, your previous life, uh, it, it changes. Changes into a new self. Changes mm -hmm. to a new self, mm -hmm. yes. Now... If you read verse 17, this I say, therefore, and I'm reading from the New International Version, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. And here Paul compares the old man, the old self to a Gentile who is not a, a, a Christian. And so they too have their old way of living. And when the Gentiles accept Christ, then they too have their lives changed. In verse 18 and 19, you'll see the differences there. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. When you become a Christian, then that is put behind you. Okay, so this is the unconverted life, isn't it? Unconverted life. If, if we go back to the beginning of the chapter, chapter 4 and verses 1 to 3, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, Bearing with one another in love. This is a contrast, isn't it? 
you know, the kind of characteristics that Paul's talking about here of the this born-again Christian church in Ephesus, endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, as it says in verse 3. So, so Hannah, uh, Paul emphasises here unity uh, in the church or the, the body of Christ, as it were. And how does our lifestyle help or hinder that unity? Yes. Well, when we look at the New Testament and um, Jesus' parable of wheat and, and weed, um, we know that not everyone who said um, Christian, they are actually following God or they are not, not everyone is um, actually being converted. But unchanged or unconverted life of Gentile drags the church's unity down. And what Paul calls a Gentile lifestyle undermines unity in a church. But if we read Ephesians 4, verse 20 and 21, it says, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. So the true followers of Jesus Christ, in contrast to Gentiles, build the church up and they are powers of change for the better. Mm. Now, now, John, you read about these characteristics of the, uh, the unchanged life, the worldly life, as it were, the old man or the old self, uh, lewdness, uncleanness, greediness. Uh, what's the problem with these? I think that Ephesians chapter 4, verse 19 is better presented in the ESV instead of the KJV. And here it says, they have become callous, and has given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. A deprived sexual appetite is never satisfied. The only cure is a change of heart. No longer callous, no longer lewd, but here we have the love of Christ in our hearts doing its work. Mm. So Hannah, is there a lesson uh, for us in the, the conversion of the readers or the listeners to this message uh, mm. in the letter to the Ephesians? Yes. Well, we can know about Jesus Christ, but do we really know him? That's the question. Um, if we read the, uh, the same verse, uh, Ephesians 4.20, it says that, but you have not so learned Christ. And notice Paul does not say here that you have learned about Christ. Um, he said you have learned Christ. And this is really knowing. It's not just I had knowledge, but it's more like the connection with the heart connection. And it is knowing that leads to transformation as well. Yes, yeah, we can know about a person. You know, mm. I might read some information mm. uh, about a person's biography, but it doesn't mean I really know the person, does it? Yes. And it's like that. I think that's what Paul's getting at here. Mm. You know, do we really know Christ? Not just know about him, but know him and learn him. Yeah. Uh, so, John, how did the, um, the Ephesians come to, to really know Jesus Christ? The same way as what, um, as what we've learned. When you, when you look at Ephesians chapter 4 and read verse 21, it says, If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him. So by hearing and by being taught by others, you being a Christian are well qualified to teach me how to be a Christian. And I, as a Christian, am well qualified to teach someone else as a Christian. And so from hearing and from being taught, 
we learn about Jesus and then we know how to accept him as our personal saviour, helping us to live day by day. Yeah. Um, so is it, is it really about, um, Hannah, I can put this question to you. Is it really about um, a personal connection with Jesus? Yes, definitely. Um, Paul uses this interesting analogy. Um, Ephesians 4.22, it says that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So using like uh, talking about uh, clothes, using this example of clothes. And Paul outlines three steps. So put off the former uh, conduct that is the old man or old self. And if we read verse 23, it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So there's that renewal of the, um, by the Holy Spirit um, in the spirit of the mind. And um, yeah, this, um, we are all this uh, filthy clothes, but um, this, this um, renewal of the spirit and put on this new um, new garment, if we read verse 24, that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. We can put off this old garment and we can put on the new man, which was created for righteousness and holiness. And this is this, um, this is also, um, uh, mentioned in the similar things is mentioned in Zechariah chapter three, verse three to four. It says, now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him saying, take away the filthy garments from him. And to him, he said, see, I have removed your iniquity from you and I will clothe you with rich robe." we can have the new life. We can have the new robes with the righteousness of Christ. Mm. Yeah, it's a nice analogy that uh, Paul uses here, isn't it? You know, putting off the old and putting on the new. Yes. Uh, well, I guess we all like to have new clothes <laughs> sometimes. Mm. The old ones are getting a bit shabby and worn out. Um, but the old man just gets clothed in a new robe of righteousness by, by Jesus Christ. Mm. And then if we go on to verse 25 of Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4 and the 25th verse says, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbour, for we are members of one another. So, John, what do you see in this advice or counsel from Paul here? It reminds you of what Jesus said. I am the way, the truth and the life. And here this verse says, put away lying. Mm -hmm. don't, don't deceive either yourself or others anymore. Secondly, speak truth. Speak truth. And so you're doing something positive now. And then thirdly, here it gives the reason for the change in the speech. For we are members of one another. The reason why change comes is so that we can live happily with our neighbours and our friends and acquaintances. And so this is where God says, look, you take me, put on these new things, and then we can look after every part of the body. 
And the body, of course, are the other church members. We're living with other people. So if our lives are better, theirs will become better as well. Mm. It's kind of living out the flip side of the, the commandment about not fearing self-witness, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's to, uh, to be true, true in righteousness, uh, being, um, putting away lying and speak the truth with his neighbour. Yes, and remember um, that we are doing this for the sake of his people, his church. Yeah. Now, <laughs> uh, I don't want to be, uh, you know, offend anyone here, but, but you know, does telling the truth mean, uh, for example, would I say, oh, you're too thin or you're too fat? You know, is that telling the truth? Or, uh, what do you think, Anna? Well, uh, this is not about being like unkind or rude to people. Well, let me read Zechariah chapter 8, verse 16. It says, These are the things you shall do. Speak each man the truth to his neighbor. Give judgment in your gates for truth, just and peace. So truth is about sharing the gospel to people around you, the truth, as well as um, um, the matters of justice, as Zechariah points out. And we are always to speak the truth in love. Um, we have this example of Jesus, the beautiful quotes from Desire of Ages. It says, He fearlessly denounced hypocrisy, unbelief and iniquity, but tears were in his voice as he uttered his scathing rebukes. He told the truth out of love. Yes, and was, now undoubtedly Jesus did use some harsh words. You know, he called, you know, blind guides. He called, called uh, Pharisees hypocrites. But what we don't see behind the words is what was the expression on his face, do we? Mm. You know, what was the tone of his voice? Mm. Was there a heartache there, you know, in that sort of, those words of condemnation? So Jesus, you know, would have been speaking the truth in love. And as you, as you said there, tears uh, in his voice. Yes. as he uttered his scathing rebukes. Now, now Paul, in, if we go back to Ephesians 4 again, um, in verse 26, Paul quotes from Psalm 4 and verse 4 about being angry without sinning. John, how can I be angry without sinning? <laughs> yes. When we get angry over something, all kinds of things can happen. When you read verse 31 of Ephesians 4, the Andrews Study Bible, it notes Paul's use of language from Psalm 4, verse 4, should be understood to mean, if you should become angry, do not sin, rather than a direct command to exercise anger, especially when allowed to fester, can harm the Christian community. And the rest of that verse says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. So if you are angry with somebody, before the sun sets, go and talk to them mm -hmm. and try and set things right. In that way, we can avert a lot of trouble. Mm. So, Henry, it's, it's all about um, transforming our lives, isn't it? That's yes. what Paul was getting at here. Yes. Um, for example, if we read uh, Ephesians 4 verse 28, it says, Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. So rather than uh, stealing things like the thief, um, the transforming of thieves to um, 
honest people or um, it being a good work. And verse 29, it says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to hear us. So not only our action, the things that we say, it will be transformed as well. Yeah, and, and Jesus has this power uh, to transform people's lives. You know, I, I, I well remember um, sharing Bible truth with a, a young man who had been an armed robber mm. and he was in jail for armed robbery and, and the power of Christ transformed his lives yes. you know, into a, a Christian who he was happy to come and involve, be in church and, mm. and serve his community. Yes. It completely transformed and, mm. and, and it's, it's, not, it's not something that can happen outside of Christ, I think, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's no man can do such things, but only the power of Christ. Yeah, and the Holy God. Spirit touching a person's heart and speaking to them. Yes. Um, now, now, Paul says we are, another thing he says here is that we are not, verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Um, so when Paul says, John, we're not to grieve the Holy Spirit, in the context of what he's been writing in chapter four, what, what does he mean by grieving the Holy Spirit? If you use corrupt words, you grieve the Holy Spirit. If you use truth, that uplifts the Holy Spirit. Mm. And when you read here, verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit is actually God who changes our lives. And so that when we say happy, good things, we make him happy. If we go the other way, then it, it makes God sad as well. And so here, Paul is echoing the thought of in Isaiah, where he wrote that Israel rebelled and thus grieved the Holy Spirit. But Paul is mainly speaking in the context of Christian behaviour in the church. But notice the positive in this verse. The Holy Spirit seals us for the day of redemption. It is a completed work as far as Paul is concerned. Mm. That's a great promise, John. It is. Yeah. Uh, you know, we might unintentionally grieve the, the Spirit of God, but that doesn't mean that he leaves us. Uh, and I'm glad of that. I, I, I can grieve you, for example, or I can hurt you by something I say because you're a person with feelings, aren't you? You know, you're a person with emotions. Um, so as, what does that say then, Hannah, about the Holy Spirit, that we could grieve the Holy Spirit? Mm. Well, Holy Spirit is the person and also he is divine as well. So he's not just like influence or force or uh, power, but... Um, yeah, he's, um, he's very patient because God is love, God is patient, and he's very patient for us as well. Um, but uh, um, so, yeah, um, and he's so far above us being equal with the Father and the sons as well. And uh, yeah, he's beyond our comprehension. Um, he will bring us to repentance. He'll bring us to the truth as well. Yeah, so we, we need to be careful not to try and, you know, make the Holy Spirit altogether like us, do we, when we say he is a person with, with emotions and feelings and can be grieved, um, but he's far above us. Um, Paul's mentioned there in that verse 30 
of the, uh, the day of redemption tells us about uh, living a life with a purpose. Uh, now, how does the, the second coming, or the promise of the second coming of Jesus um, influence the way you live now, John? I used to be a runner. And I know what it's like to get into a race and then run. And it has an end. And the end of our Christian race on earth is going to be the second coming. So we're just not living a life without purpose. We are living a life ready for Jesus to come and to take us into his kingdom. So that's like the finish line, as, as it were. That's the absolute uh, finish line. In fact, I think Paul does use the term, I've run the race, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. And so the qualities of speaking the truth, doing what is good, edifying, imparting grace, they, they are Christian qualities. They are heavenly qualities. And I'm looking forward to the day when Jesus comes. Mm. Because this race on earth hasn't been a real good one. No, there's plenty of, plenty of hurdles, unfortunately, isn't there? Yeah. Plenty of places of stumbling. Uh, let's look at verse 31. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31 says this. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamour and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So again, Paul uh, turns to uh, a negative. To, uh, why, would he, why would he do it? This, uh, Hannah, why would you express it as a negative? <laughs> well, um, doctor needs to identify the sickness before prescribing the medicine or cure. Well, Paul um, identified the six symptoms of the unconverted life, bitterness, rough anger, karma, evil speaking and malice. And don't we see too much of that in the world right now? Uh, we see that, um, but our world is sick and the only cure is to accept the invitation of Jesus Christ and to come to him and be saved because we literally don't have any power to change ourselves. It is only coming to God and ask God to help us mm. and invite the Holy Spirit to transform our life. Yes, yeah, we would have to have our, our eyes closed, wouldn't we? Not to realize that, you know, what's, sort of, what's going on in the world today. Uh, and as you say, you know, the, the, these things that, that Paul mentions, wrath, anger, clamor, mm. uh, evil speaking, could well have included, you know, nation rising against nation or something, wars and all that sort of thing. Uh, we'd have to be blind not to see that's going on in the world today, wouldn't we? Um, now, when it... Um, the uh, evil speaking is one of the things that he talks about there. Now, Paul uses an interesting Greek word. It's blasphemia. And uh, blasphemia is often, or from which we get the word blasphemy, of course, uh, John. And it, it's, it's used in a theological way. But, but, but Paul is, um, is speaking much more than just talking against God or blaspheming against God, isn't he, with this word here? We need to remember what Jesus said. Jesus said, as you have done unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done, done that to me. So blaspheming is not only speaking against God, mm. but it's also speaking against our fellow man and women. And so <laughs> we, we are not here to bring other people down. Coming into fellowship with Christ and having the Spirit of God in, heart, in our hearts 
changes us from the inside to the outside. And lo and behold, we treat people the way that Jesus would have treated them. Yeah. Is, is there something that, you know, in your life, John, that you can think of where, where Jesus has made a change, you know, from an old way to a new way? Uh, well, first of all, he's made me an old man. <laughs> <laughs> and then he talks about putting him behind. And, and this is what God has done. It was very easy for me to do all kinds of things that, you know, were not good. But Christ paved the way for good things to happen. And so I thank him. I thank him very much for that. Yeah. Uh, like I can think of the time when I really came to understand that, that um, becoming a Christian was, was not something that was my own doing. It was you know, Christ working within me. You know, it was righteousness by, by act of faith, by believing, and not, not by anything that I could do. Mm. Uh, and I remember that was a transformative uh, moment in my life to realise that. One of the things that I did that uh, made me realise that God has done it, I was up on a roof with a nail gun, shooting nails in, and I was cursing the council for making us put in so many nails, and I went bang, 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 and shot the nail through my finger. What would the unconverted person have said? <laughs> some, some blue words. <laughs> Turn the air blue. Yeah. I looked at that and I said, oh, my finger, why is it that you hurt me so much? You're allowed to say that, aren't you? <laughs> and that's what the power of God can do in a person's yeah. life. So... And I managed to pull the nail out with a hammer, by the way. <laughs> so still sore. <laughs> I, I like the way Paul finishes uh, this chapter in verse 32. Ephesians 4.32 says, and this is the posit positive here, mm. and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So Hannah, uh, what effect does this list of positives have on you? Well, simply, I want to be like this. I want to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving like Jesus God is. Um, yeah, I think when we think about it, um, unless we are looking at Jesus and be transformed, we cannot be like this. But um, yeah, the person to person that has a relationship with other people, as we develop the relationship with God and coming close to Him, that uh, we receive the love from God and we can love, we can give that love or forgiveness to other people as well. And it is only through looking at Jesus. But yeah, we, I would love to keep looking at Jesus, be transformed so that, yeah, um, the character would be changed and that light would also shine to other people so that other people can also experience that as well. And writing to the Galatians church, uh, Paul says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Thank you, John. Thank you, Hannah, for your contributions today. You know, we've been talking about Christ-shaped lives and spirit-inspired speech. Some changes for the better can be accomplished by exercise of the will or prompted by fear of punishment or because we want the respect of the community in which we live. But what we really need is change from within. May you, like King David, pray for a renewal of a right spirit within you. May we all choose today to allow Jesus Christ to transform us. A new heart is our real need. We're glad you joined us today on Let God Speak. If you've been blessed, tell your friends. 
Remember, all past programs and teacher's notes are available on our website, 3obnaustralia.org.au. Email us if you wish on lgs at 3obnaustralia.org.au. Join us again next time and until then, may God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.